welcome to Magical Streaming, a podcast where we watch Disney Plus and then talk about it. I'm Amber. My name's Nori. And today we have a special guest with us. Yay! It's Veronica. It is Veronica, because like Moana taught us, we always need an unnecessary character. (laughs) (laughs) Veronica's got some hot takes, and that is why we have invited her today. Uh... And as she alluded, we're talking about Moana today, which won the listener's choice polls. Yes, by so many votes. It was overwhelming. It was not. Um, So, Marie, are you going to start with the synopsis? I am, as usual. So, synopsis off of Disney Plus goes as follows. Moana sets sail on a daring mission to save her people. Along the way, she meets the mighty demigod Maui. Together, they cross the ocean on a fun-filled, action-packed voyage from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Okay. I love how they make it seem like she meets it among random. Like, that's not actually what she started out to do. Was to go find him. I mean, you can't... Spoilers. I guess, I guess this, like, the previews didn't really allude to his actual part in the whole quest, so. But that's the synopsis on Disney+. Plus. It's been four years since the movie's come out. We know where he's at. Nobody, nobody selects a movie on Disney+, Plus from reading the synopsis. Veronica? (laughs) I'm going to have to go with Marie on this one. You know what you're about when you're selecting a movie on Plus. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> maybe I don't. But I'll start with some of the history then. Moana came out on November 23rd, 2016, which sounds about Thanksgiving to me. Um, Probably was. It had a budget of $175 million in 2016 money, which in 2020 money is $188,203,364.90. This is what it's like every time, Veronica. I always appreciate knowing how many cents it amounts to. Thank you. (laughs) Every time Marie just gives me the dirtiest look. And then it had a box office of $690.8 million, which in today's money is $742,919,339.85. It... um, in 2009, they started looking to do an adaption of Mort, which is not in any way related to Moana, but the problem was they couldn't get the rights. So as a result, um, the directors of the film, John Musker and Ron Clements, who directed The Princess and the Frog before this, started looking at different options so that they wouldn't have to get rights to anything. And one of those options that they really started to dig into was Polynesian mythology. So in 2011, they really started pitching ideas off of that. And in 2012, they took their first, uh, I wanted to say fam trip, but it's a (laughs) research trip. Um, And they went to Fiji, Samoa, and Tahiti, which I want to do that. Yeah, like what what a nice work perk. You know, oh, we're going to do some research. Like, cool, where are you going? Uh, Fiji, Tahiti. And it's like, Veronica, you did a research trip before. <laughs> where was it again? 
Oklahoma. There you go. <laughs> That's the reality of things. I've been to Toronto. <laughs> I ain't been nowhere. <laughs> um, originally, the stories that they were pitching were Maui-centric. They really wanted to, to do something with Maui. And then as they started building, they kind of moved away from it being a Maui-centric story. Um, what, what I saw is was because... Um, I guess in the way that they learned about the culture, that's where they kind of really decided they wanted something more centric to a new focused character than actually Maui. And I don't know if it's because if you focus it from the get-go on a demigod, you kind of just have to build around that rather than the culture of the people. I suppose. And Well, it did not say... What they did learn is that um, Matanui is based not on any one place, but on Fiji, Samoa, and um, Tuga, which I had never heard of. So, Although uh, there's actually two islands in the, that area that are called Matanui. There's one right off the Easter Islands, and there's one um, that in French Polynesian general. She, if everybody could see just, the look I'm giving her right now, I'm, just I'm telling you that this Matanui is not those Matanui's. All right. It took five years to develop and produce this film. Um, and in the course of that, they got a lot of experts, which of the Polynesian culture, which ultimately formed the Oceanic Story Trust. Uh, and Maria's like, Stop talking about this. So <laughs> no, you can talk about it. I just don't dive too much into it. Okay, uh, oh, original... I don't actually have that much on it. Will you let me talk? <laughs> I never do. Takia Wati wrote the original screenplay for Moana. Uh, people will know him from many, many things, including Thor Ragnarok, Thor Ragnarok, and What We Do in the Shadows, which is also really good. Um, but the original screenplay was not at all what it became so he's joked that the only thing that it has stayed on there is exit ocean (laughs) (laughs) okay um to find the voice of moana they put out an open casting call anyone from age 14 to 30 Yes, quite that a wide so range. So old. I'm so glad that they didn't go that old. How long has the same voice actors been playing Lisa Simpson? If you can make yeah, your voice sound younger. I know, but I like I like that they went with a Polynesian teenager for the role of a Polynesian teenager. Well, Alawi. Uh, Alawi. I started it right and then doubted myself. Alawi. No, Ali. <laughs> I was thrown off because Oli. of how you were saying it. Oli. Um, was cast after all the designs had already been done up for Moana, so it's kind of a coincidence that she does look a lot like Moana. Um, this movie was the first to be dubbed in Tahitian. It also had two other dubs. One in... Uh, Morari, where Rachel House, Jermaine Clement, 
uh, I wrote my things to Nestle to read Oscar Knightley and um, Tamara Morrison all return and Rachel House directed the uh, Maury 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 I can't speak okay they all but they all did their their same characters their original voices. Um, and then there was a Hawaiian dub where Olaui Ali'i Ali'i returned as Moana and then the rest of the cast was recast the movie was released worldwide but it was released under a couple of different names worldwide Um, it was called Vianna in Europe Um, this is for two reasons one is for trademark purposes and the other is because there is a famous porn star named Moana. Yep, Italian porn actress. <laughs> so, uh, and in fact, in Italy, it has a whole different name. It is called Oceania hmm. in Italy. <laughs> uh, but the, is her name Oceania? I or don't, they called the movie Oceania and her name is Vianna? Like, I'm not sure. I didn't look for that. That would be a that. weird name. The um the movie was very well received. Obviously, it had sixty six award nominations and twelve wins, including a Grammy for um, "How Far I'll Go," and two Teen Choice Awards, one for The Rock as fantasy movie actor. Which, by the way, The Rock's casting, he was the first choice. And I remember seeing people get mad about that. Right. They were like, I can't believe that they cast a white man as a Polynesian god. And it's like, in which universe is Dwayne Johnson a white man? Like, anyway. Yes, there was controversy. Yeah, but it's like controversy with no basis. Um, Everyone learned something about him. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. They clearly have never seen him shirtless. He has so many tattoos that are like, well, I guess some people have tattoos. The looks that I'm giving Marie right now are just like, think of how many white people have tattoos written in various Asian languages that they cannot distinguish from one another. That's true. All right. (laughs) Um, And... Oli'i also won the Choice Breakout Movie Star. She's so cute. She is adorable. She's adorable. Um, As far as Moana's presence in the parks, though, not really. There's an attraction coming to Epcot called The Journey of Water. A quote-unquote attraction. They're building it as an attraction. Yeah, it's going to be more of a walkthrough, I think, than anything else. Isn't 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in Disneyland Paris also a walkthrough? I suppose. And isn't it Swiss Family family Treehouse? Yeah. Are they not attractions? Not really to me, but okay. Uh, For a brief period of time, you could meet Moana at Hollywood Studios in Walt Disney World, which we did. Yeah. Um, But now you can only meet her at parties. Which sucks in one way. At the same time, if they can't get a face cast member. Let me tell you, the Moana Moana we met... I mean, we met one, I, I think she was probably Hispanic. Right. Um, and that's the thing, like, I guess they don't want to risk going too white for who they get to play her. Because I mean, the, Pocahontas. Yeah, they haven't really cared about that before. 
anyway so i don't i don't i that makes me mad i don't understand why they don't have more of a moana presence in the park i mean i know why but i hate it and that's all the facts i got yeah there's no more staying power no more staying no, power. She's, so yeah, because she's otherwise she's just in parades. And yeah, she's in some parades. She's in the. Um, they have her in the fireworks show. Yeah, she's in. I'm reminded of the Disneyland Paris Pirates and Princesses parade. Yeah, that was so she's cute. She's so cute. <laughs> Radica's like, we don't want to leave you out of this. Um, I don't know what they're talking about. Um, all right. So Marie's gonna throw in some trivia now. All right, I'm gonna jump into some trivia. Uh, so. As you said, Moana came out in November of 2016. Stop reading my trivia as I'm saying Sorry. <laughs> Moana came out in November 2016, and eight months before that, Zootopia had came out. It was the first time that Disney released two, anima- two animated feature films in the same year since 2002, when it released Lilo and Stitch and Treasure Planet. Well. Um, also, even though the movie is a com computer animated film all of Maui's tattoos are hand-drawn yes so it's the first full-length Disney animated feature since Winnie the Pooh in 2011 to feature pure hand-drawn animation and they also use kind of that style with the um you're welcome, you're welcome sequence yeah. but I thought it was really interesting like specifically his tattoos they were like you know we're animating everything else by computer but these tattoos, like, I don't know if it was to get the right look or whatnot. But yeah, it was a style thing. Yeah. I read about that. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, there was a, a lot of research trips and also the the whole fund and council that was created. Um, this is actually one of the things that that council can be thanked for is Maui's hair. Because original designs for Maui had him bald. And they were like, no, that is incorrect. He needs to have hair and he needs to have, like, great hair. <laughs> like, not even just hair. Don't just give him a bowl cut. Like, no, he needs luscious Can curls. Can you imagine like... any character ever voiced by Dwayne The Rock Johnson having, having a, a bowl, bowl cut? cut? <laughs> that would be interesting. Um, but yeah, they did from that research trip and also the council it was in many ways to make sure that the film was respectful to the Polynesian culture and mythology Uh, some of the ways you can see that is through the forehead press that is shown several times throughout the movie between Moana and her grandmother uh, Moana and Tika and Tafiti Um, it's a traditional Maori greeting which signifies mutual respect um, there's also uh, towards the end of the movie after Maui breaks his hook and before Moana calls Tika's attention to her uh, he performs the haka which is a traditional Maori war cry um, something else also that I find interesting with this movie is I don't want to say it has a basis in truth because obviously it's you know it's fantasy Not. but there is archaeological evidence that the exploration of Western Polynesia like kind of had a boom and went on very rapidly until about 900 BC. And then it stopped suddenly for over a thousand years and then resumed just as suddenly with all the Eastern Eastern Polynesia colonization in the centuries that follow. 
So, and it's called as the long pause. So, like, there's, you know, there's explanations that are actual, you know, explain. Well, there's none that is really confirmed, I guess. But obviously, it's not because Maui stole the heart of Tefiti. But I do like that they kind of use that as a basis. I read a lot about this. Yes, I read a lot about this because I was doing research. And that is part of the reason that they decided to set this film when they did because they had found through their research that there had been this very long pause. They thought uh, one of the most prevalent theories is that there was a lot of um, climate change going on. And so the winds and the waters were very turbulent and just not great for, for, for traveling long distances. Um, which I think would make a lot of sense. I yeah. think it would just be weird if one day people were like, you know what? We're going to stay put for a while. I'm tired of this for a thousand years. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do also use a lot of, I mean, obviously in the names and the names of places, uh, a lot of it are words that have basis in Polynesian languages. So for example, Moana means ocean and blue in Hawaiian and Maori, which is like, okay, you want to keep your daughter on the island and you tell her stay out of the water, but you name her ocean. It seems like an interesting decision. Um, Vaiana, which as we mentioned, that's European, but it's also the title of um, several of the Asian releases and it means fresh water. Uh, hey, hey means chicken in Maui. Um, pua means offspring or flower, and it could actually be short for pua, which means pig. Um, Most likely that. <laughs> yes. Um, then Tala, Moana's grandmother, uh, means story in Samoan. And it's also the name of a goddess of the stars in Tagalog mythology. And then Tamatoa means trophies in Maori. <laughs> uh, teka translates to the fiery and Tefiti translates to the shiny or the shining. But both of those names were actually taken from parts. They were constructed from parts of actual goddesses um, in the various Polynesian, Polynesian cultures. Mythology. And also, did you know uh, Lalota? Lalotai. Lalotai. Yeah, the realm of monsters. Yes, the realm of monsters. Did you see what that actually means? No. It means, so uh, Lalo means below, uh, and then Tai means the sea. So it it translates to below the sea. All right. Um, Okay, sorry, moving on. (laughs) So also they do have uh, so the spiral on Moana's necklace and on the sail and also what right. ends up being we, we on, all know. Yeah, that spiral. Uh, it's called a koru and it actually represents, um, it symbolizes new life, new beginnings, personal growth, hope, a new start, perfection, rebirth, awakening, purity. Okay. It represents a lot of things. It's too many things. And then as a double spiral, it symbolizes kinship and belonging. It's too many things. Yeah, well, you know, they wanted to put something on there. That meant something, I guess. And then they just went real hard. Um, 
Now, did you know that Hey Hey, when they first started the concept of the movie, um, Hey Hey was supposed to be a lot more like savvy. Yeah. I do know. Yeah. And then they actually, Adam Green, um, who kind of um, designed him, I guess, really wanted to keep him because they, the directors thought that there were too many sidekicks in the movie. So they wanted to get rid of it. Too many sidekicks. Oh, there's Pua, there's Hey Hey. And technically, Maui's a sidekick. I. I guess, but Pua doesn't come on the journey. Yeah, but that's because she goes and finds another psychic on the journey. Like, anyway, so Adam Green is the one. He's the one that suggested that Hey Hey could be stupid instead, and uh, John Musker, one of the producers, loved it. Uh, directors, yes, uh, but he gave him a very narrow time frame because the movie was moving along in production and uh, the work for that would normally take four weeks uh and then he finished it in two weeks and the character remained in the film you can see his original design design in a lot of promotional posters and things where hey hey looks very determined and like sassy yeah instead of an idiot yeah and oh man i love that idiot chicken he would yeah one of my favorite things about hey hey is the fact that like, you know, Pua is, it sounds of, like they went and got sounds of pigs. Yes, it's actually you know, pigs. It's actually pigs that do the pig sound that Pua makes. Yes. But hey, hey, they were like, nah, nah, we don't, we don't want a chicken. We're, we're going to get Alan Tudyk. And this man just went and spent who knows how many hours in a recording booth making chicken sounds. And I love that. I'm just thinking about all the choices I made in my life and the fact that I don't get paid to make random sounds with my mouth. And Well, he did go to Juilliard. I guess. So I guess that's something to look forward for any and all Juilliard uh, drama theater students right now. Someday you might voice a chicken. Um, so there are several kind of easter eggs i guess in the movie mm-hmm. they're movie references but we call them easter eggs now i guess um so one of them two of them actually are in lalatai there's doing tamatoa's song uh where he says diamond in the rough which is a reference to aladdin and you can also see the genie's lamp on his shell uh when maui first get his hook back he turns into different shapes including sven from frozen um there is uh, one of the Kakamoras mm-hmm. face design kind of looks like Baymax. Uh, uh, and then there's one. also when Moana's father, um, when first she's kind of taking on her role of chief. And then at the end, when she returns from sailing, he tells her it suits you, which is the same thing that Poatan tells Pocahontas in that same movie after giving her her mother's necklace. Um, now the tattoos on Chief Tui's abdomen are the same tattoos which are worn by pro wrestler Peter Fanin Mavia, which is Dwayne Johnson's grandfather. 
Stop just calling him Dwayne Johnson. Throw the rock in there. It's like you, you have to. His official name is Dwayne the Rock Johnson now. You must. It's like calling. It's like forgetting somebody's title if they're a knight. Or you got to throw the sir in there. It's got to be Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I don't think that's what his billing is, but okay. Um, and then most of the characters in Moana's village have either the same tattoos as Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Thank you. Or variations of them. Um, so one of the big things with this movie that a lot of people that weren't necessarily hyped about the movie itself, but... Lin-Manuel Miranda yes, who wrote uh, the music for the film. Uh, he actually wrote the music for it before Hamilton became a smash hit. So when he started, he, it was kind of you know, he was not as well known and people were not as obsessed with him as they are now. Right. Um, and then after it became really popular, he would often chat with the rest of the crew while still working on it from backstage through Skype, sometimes still in costume, <laughs> which I love the image of Lin-Manuel Miranda wearing colonial dress while writing song for a Polynesian movie. I love the idea of anytime anybody's in colonial dress interacting with technology. Yeah. Uh, I have three last trivia facts. I've got, which... do you have okay. one about... I have some, the ones that, I, the last ones that I saved for last. 82%. Because uh, I think it's going to be a good segue into Veronica starting her Okay, hot take. so then let me tell you something. <laughs> Moana has 82% of the film is special effects, which is huge because comparatively, the last film to come out before that, Big Hero 6, had 46% of the film as special effects. And it's a superhero movie. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. This was the fact I had. (laughs) Okay. Go ahead. So, Kamatoa appears to be a mix of the coconut crab and the decorator crab. So, the coconut crab is a species native to the Pacific and Indian Oceans. They're also called robber crabs and palm thieves. Have you seen them? Yes. They're huge. Yeah, and they're also very scary. Yeah. Um, because they have a tendency to steal shiny objects. Uh, and then decorator crabs are crabs that glue mollusk shells and intervertebrates, invertebrates, sorry, <laughs> like sea anemones and sponges onto its shell. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda has said that the character of Tamatoa was a tribute to David Bowie. And... That last one is just a nice little tidbit because I know this is another character that Veronica would have hot takes about. Uh, the creature in the realm of monsters with four arms that attacks Moana before getting shot up into the ocean is a reused model of Flash the Slop from Zootopia. So, so we're going to let Veronica start with her hot take. Yeah, talk to us, Veronica. What's your hot takes for this movie? You know, I know the big hot take that you guys have alluded to is that I think Kamatoa is trash and uh, 
The shiny song is the worst thing that I've ever heard. Um, I don't think it's a hot take. To me, it feels like a fact. Um, but it's just, it was such a cool lead up. They're going into the realm of monsters. It's going to be an awesome place. And it's like, I'm a crab and I like collecting gold. <laughs> it was just not everything that I wanted in like a mysterious uh quest um so i was very disappointed um but that's that's probably my hottest pick i did not know that about david bowie i don't think that makes sense either <laughs> <laughs> otherwise i mean it's just it's a delightful movie um i will say hey hey not my favorite Really? Yeah. You just don't like stupid characters. I don't like stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, I love hey, hey. I love when he eats that rock and I love when he's just like walking straight in. My One of my favorite scenes like for comedy factor is when Hey Hey falls into the ocean and the ocean is so mad about it. And he's just like, and you can tell, like, it's ocean, it's water, but I gave it such a personality. And he just like puts him back in the boat and then slams the trap shut. And you can tell the ocean is so angry at that damn chicken. But I, I can understand if you were kind of expecting something more fantastical because they're in the actual realm of monsters and it's just turned out to be a giant crab. And I, then I wanna be that fair. giant crab just goes, I will tell you in some form. I want to be clear here. If a giant crab was walking around, it would be terrifying. That's true. Like, just picture yourself outside and a crab the size of an elephant is coming towards you. Mm. Okay, it's, so it's I've pretty monstery. Giant spider crabs before, like six feet long or however you measure crab. And again, I feel like if I was like, oh, but they bedazzled this crab for some reason, <laughs> it'd be like, oh, it's somebody's pet. It's not a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> It's somebody's pet. <laughs> yeah, this giant crab. He's just he got away. His leash broke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, Tomatoa is one of the villains of the film. Yeah. Oh, we're not a villain. We're ranking not a villain yet, ranking, but, but I'm gonna uh, it's going to be great. Um, what's my hot take on this movie? Usually I say them while I'm watching and Maria reminds me what my hot takes are, but I don't think I have many hot takes for Moana. Um, oh, one of the things we didn't talk about is that in the original draft, Moana, when she's mad, instead of breaking sticks, was throwing coconuts out into the ocean, hitting them. Yeah, with she was hitting oar. them with the paddle. And, um, yeah. and the trust was like, no, that's food for people. She wouldn't do that. Yeah. So disrespectful. Um, but then later in the movie, when she meets the Kakamura, she goes, coconuts, and like is like, ha ha, I yeah, know, and starts hitting them. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of lost, and it's kind of weird that they kept that that line in. Um, there were a lot of things. I mean, to me, before I saw that, I wasn't seeing it as coconuts, something I'm used to hitting. I was seeing it as more of a 
coconuts. These are these are like helpless things. I can just literally barge into here and just knock them off. It's just a coconut. Um, oh, I remember the first time we watched a movie and we started watching and we saw Maui stealing the heart and we were like, oh, yeah. is he the villain? Yeah, this is one of the... I, there's... I don't want to say plot twist, but I guess there is. Like, this movie is very much not what you anticipate from just watching the trailer. Um, it's not a bad thing. Not that the trailer was bad, but, it, like, you know, the whole idea that Maui... And then you learn the that Maui isn't for... evil. Like, yeah, there's no, just a it's lot just of twists and turns. Yeah, and just the idea also, uh, you know, Moana goes on this hero's quest to fix the problem just by returning the heart and then it turns out all along that you know she doesn't just have to put it back she has to realize what actually happened and that's also another twist and honestly that's one of my favorite twists though in Disney movies I love the revelation that Tika is Tefiti yeah because, that's you know, wild you take away her heart and she just dies, like 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 Earth. humans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess your analogy is a little better than mine. <laughs> like the Earth, I guess the Earth doesn't really have a heart. Uh, although when you turn it around, uh, because Tefiti is a well, they refer to Tefiti as a demon of lava and monster, and then Tefiti obviously just symbolizes life itself um and you know like... a ghost what <laughs> if you turn if you take the heart away a person becomes a ghost which many people consider to be a monster that's not i was saying the other way around so take going back to the state of defiti it's like you know volcanic ground is very rich soil so things tend to grow very well Mm-hmm. That's why a lot of islands are very, like, full of greenery and lush. And because a lot of islands are, well, not, like, I guess I don't know the ratio of how many islands are volcanic islands. But in that area, I think in Polynesia, a lot of islands are um, volcanic base, sort of. I was just going to keep letting you talk. I just wanted to see what happened. Um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, it's harder to have hot takes about movies that you love. Like, I mean, that's not true. I had some hot takes about Wally. That's true. You did have a lot of hot takes about Wally. And I love that robot. Yeah. Um. Oh, one thing we didn't talk on, touch on is that. Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote the song You're Welcome because Dwayne The Rock Johnson was cast and he thought what would be the funniest thing to have Dwayne The Rock Johnson sing and the idea was just having him sing the words You're Welcome was You're welcome to the world for my presence and my existence I, Yeah, I guess that's how he felt it which yeah. I do love because um, you know this was it wasn't Dwayne The Rock Johnson's first this is such a mouthful i'm just gonna call him the rock okay fine (laughs) you're like you're more angry at me calling him just dwayne johnson yes i am him the rock 
anyway, um, it wasn't his first acting role, but kind of like well no no game plan and no no you're so wrong (laughs) and my fast and the furious watching right he was in well he started in fast five yeah okay well it was his first voiceover are you even sure about that no no marie's just pulling out facts no it's the first time she recognized dwayne the rock johnson as a legitimate actor was moana (laughs) No, no, I, I do think it was his first voice over acting role because I remember reading a lot about how he um he was very, very adamant to give a good performance because he's like voice acting is different than, you know, just acting. So if even if you have acting skill, doesn't mean that you can do voice acting. So he would like consistently question the people he was performing with, like, "Am I doing a good job? Is this okay?" Oh my! Like he was imagine... really, he really wanted to do a great job with this movie. Imagine Dwayne the Rock Johnson being like, "Excuse me, is that okay?" Am I? Doing <laughs> you can't a good tell job? him no. Like, no, you suck, man. I'm like, I'm gonna go through the wall. <laughs> but no, I think it's sweet that he was really, and I. In a sense, you know, this is a big movie for his culture that he's extremely proud of. And there's not that many movies out there that not that represent many, yeah. Polynesian culture. Like, if, and even just Disney movies in general, there's Lilo and Stitch and this one. That's pretty much it. I mean, we can talk on another time about how white Disney is, but... yeah. <laughs> so white probably when we do the princess and the frog uh it'll be a great time to go into that okay so you have no hot takes is what you're saying i'm trying to think of a hot take and honestly uh i think veronica said it best although i don't actually have the problems with tamato as she does and i love shiny i love shiny too and i remember being in wisconsin and putting that song like full blast on to wake her up and you looked pretty mad yeah I was pretty mad if what I imagine if I was quarantined with like a three-year-old that I didn't like right now <laughs> like all I can imagine is them singing that song the whole time that yeah uh. Uh, I relate to that song because as you know I love being shiny and sparkly I love glitter I love highlighter I just want to shine you'd rather be shiny I'd rather be shiny (laughs) I I just think it's catchy it's so catchy (laughs) Veronica disagrees yeah I'm just taking my head (laughs) So that brings us then to to villain to villain rating. So villain rating for this movie is a little tricky because you there's multiple villains. Yeah, so you have but there's multiple villains, but there's also villains that are not villains. So you have a okay. uh, We're just gonna go straight up. Maui is not a villain. Uh, You have the Kakamoras. You have Tamatoa, Mm -hmm. and then technically Tika is construed as a villain but she's not is a villain. she really a, she's not a villain she's, not she's a villain. just like she's an void. antagonist yeah she's the she's basically life devoid of life she, you would be mad not, too she's not a villain okay so, so we just want to rank Kokomora. Kokomora and, and Tamatoa <laughs> <laughs> okay so 
one thing I want to make clear here. Villain ranking isn't about how much we like the villains. It's about how good of villains they are. <laughs> okay. So my ranking so- is Kakamura way up top because they are unexpected. There's a thousand of them. I think they would truly hurt you. <laughs> okay, well, we do this out of 10. Out of 10, Veronica. What are you giving them? An 8. Okay. All right, good. Uh, I would give the Kakamura like a 5. They're too cute for me to... I oh, know. I think, okay, cuteness is actually dangerous mm-hmm. because you would see these things come... You would be like Moana. She sees them come along. She just sees oh, the first three. Cute. And she's like, they're kind of cute. And then suddenly they draw their war faces on, and these massive boats I appear. Would still and think it's it's one so boat cute. that turns into more boats, more, bo- more boats. Jesus. And then, yeah, like as Veronica it's said, so there's thousands when they of make them. their little angry faces. <laughs> Uh, I would be killed by Kakamura. Is what we just found out. <laughs> yeah, I mean they are they are cute, but I don't think that makes them less villainous and that's why they're also a five because they are their intentions are just i mean yeah that's the thing like they're dangerous for sure because they're the main reason they're dangerous is because they have straight in numbers Mm -hmm. like there's a bajillion of them would you rather fight one tomatoa or a thousand kakamora. One tomatoa. Yeah, one tomatoa. And also, I feel like the intention behind it makes a villain a villain. Where, as far as I can tell, their intention is just, we are going to mess you up. Like, there's nothing, <laughs> it doesn't seem like there's any real driving factor aside from, we want to mess with you. I mean, ultimately, both villains have the same intention, which is stealing the heart of Tititi, because then they can control pretty much everything. I feel like the the Kakamoras are also after the heart. Yeah, they're, but they're you don't really know why. You know, Tomatoa well, at least gave you a song as to why. <laughs> <laughs> they just arrive and they're like, we are going. <laughs> we are going to mess you up. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a six. Because I do think if I were faced with a thousand Kakamoras, I would be like, oh shit, more than they're cute. Why are you trying to explicit rate this episode? <laughs> okay, I don't think one swear word is explicit for an entire episode. But anyway. Um, and So now we have to rate Tomatoa. So Veronica, how villainous is Tomatoa? Uh, I mean, I guess if I have to rate them on the scale like a two <laughs> okay i'm gonna step in i'm gonna say tomatoa is i've said five for the kakamura seven he ate his grandma yeah that's, that's straight up like and I, I feel like that's not necessarily uncommon of the animal world mm-hmm like he didn't say his grandma was alive when he ate her he just said he ate his grandma. Maybe she was dead, and he was like, well, this is sustenance. Gotta eat. And maybe he was lying. He kind of seems like a liar to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I'm gonna say seven, because he is... Also, he stole Maui's hook. Like, he has done numerous bad Well, things. did he steal Maui's hook, or did he find it? 
like he probably just found it because Maui was separated from his hook. I I bet he cut down some other monsters to get that. He probably did. Like, okay, here's the thing to me: the ranking of Tamatoa as we see him throughout most of his sequence versus if I were to rank when the shell comes down and he suddenly looks a lot more creepy. Oh, the bioluminescent Yeah, that's tamatoa. a different Tamatoa. No, like, they're the same came, Tamatoa. If that came at me in the dark, I would freak out. You should. Yeah, so I'm going to match you on that one. I'm going to say seven. Okay, good. So that puts us at... Rewatchability. Veronica, how often could you rewatch Moana? We've got daily, weekly, monthly, yearly. Or never, or less than a year. But anyway. (laughs) Um, Just whenever. Yeah, so I would say it's a weekly. Um, It could be a daily if I skipped over the shiny song. But it's definitely (laughs) a weekly just for how much I enjoy the whole movie. I would say, yeah, I'm probably at an every other day, and then I could do that for at least a month, and then we'd reevaluate once we got there. (laughs) Yeah, like, the thing, too, is it's a movie, it has such a great soundtrack, so even if you don't want to be paying attention to a movie while you're watching it, you can put it on just for the purpose of listening to the songs of it. Um, So, yeah, I I could definitely go to daily for a while. Okay. And then overall ranking on a scale of one to ten, Veronica, where do you rate Moana overall as a film? Ooh, um, I didn't know I was gonna go first for this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, do you want Amber? Go first. First? Amber, go first. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna give Moana a solid nine. Um, it's just a really good film. I really enjoy it. As I said, I don't really have many hot takes on it. Uh, so it's a it's a solid nine. Yeah, I I would go at a nine point five. Like I love Moana herself as a heroine. Like I love the evolution and I've already been over how uh people give too much criticism for the older Disney princesses because they're princesses from a different time and they have strength in their own way. But I do love also the evolution of what Disney heroines have been becoming. And I love that Moana is like, you know, she goes out there, she gets it done. She needs the help and she takes it. And like, but she she follows her gut. And I love who she is as a character. I love the songs of the movie. It has an amazing soundtrack. I love the culture that's in it uh, and the way that they allowed it to shine through and... I love also, I, and you know, I always love a good Disney movie that makes me cry. <laughs> and this one makes me cry at least twice. So yeah, 9.5 on that one. Yeah, so with those anchors, yeah, I'm going to say a 9 for sure. Because thinking back, I do just love the movie. The music is good. And I do appreciate how much they tried with this one to, you know, ask the culture, incorporate the community, of, you know, would this be realistic? Does this make sense? Rather than just what looks good or do we think makes sense? Right. Yeah, there was, um, as we talked about earlier, there was a lot of drafts of the script and it did get have to get approved along the way. 
Um, and there were different talks at times of Moana, who she should be as a character. Should she have a love interest? Should she not have a love interest? Which ultimately they decided, no, we want it to be a journey of finding herself. Uh, at one point she had brothers and there was going to be this whole thing about like, could she be chief or not? And they decided, no, let's just put it that she's going to be the chief. Like there's no question about it, which is something that I really enjoyed about. Yeah. And it's just like that duality of, you know, what, who is she and where does she belong? And it's such a powerful scene when she's out on the ocean and her grandma comes to her and all the ancestors surround her. And that's when she realizes like where she belongs is both with her people and on the ocean because her people are meant to be on the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. So just all together, great movie, great watch. Yes. Two thumbs way up. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's, uh, I guess that's it for this week. It is. Yeah. uh, Next week we are going to be, we're actually because April has five Thursdays. So next week we're just going to be going with chronological uh, which is going to be Cinderella. <laughs> so we're going to have watched both Cinderella's in one month. And I love it. Um, and yeah, so you can... Thank you, Veronica, well, for being on that, the podcast. I was keeping that for the end. But yes, thank you, Veronica, for joining us. And we're definitely going to have you join us again. I think we had established when we're going to be watching Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and maybe some other times we'll see. Whenever whenever you want, you're always welcome to join us. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so you can always reach us on social media. We have Instagram, Magical Streaming. We are on Twitter. At Stream the Magic. Yeah, I never remember. Uh, we have a Facebook page, Magical Streaming. We also have an email, magicalstreaming at yahoo.com. Uh, so if you have any questions, any suggestions, any comments, anything, just Hit come us at up. us. And until next time, enjoy your magical streaming. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.